LIU and Preview on the wave, the sound of LIU. Good evening and welcome to Review and Preview, folks, here on liuwave.org. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Kyle Russo, Kyle Earhart, James Montefusco. A new time, but the same show. That is right, folks. We, we are now broadcasting on Fridays from 8 to 10 p.m. So we start an hour later now. No more 7 to 9. You can listen to the show tonight on liuwave.org or watch it on Facebook Live if you are friends with myself or James Montefusco. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter at Review and Preview. And you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Play, Google and iTunes, Pinecast, you know it. All right, guys, so let's waste little to no time. Kyle, Kyle Russo, uh, congratulations on your one year uh, since coming on the show, and we are happy that you are here tonight, currently the second longest-running uh, member of the show. Now, uh, let's get right into things, breaking news, what's hot, what is breaking in sports. Well, there's a lot, of course, today, starting with the news of Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots. Uh, Robert Kraft will be facing charges for the, solicita- for the soliciting of prostitution in Jupiter, Florida. And this is shocking to me because Robert Kraft is one of the most prestigious owners in NFL history. The six Super Bowls, and Teddy Bruschi was just saying this on SportsCenter like three hours ago. I would be very disappointed if I find this to be true. Um, reports are saying it is, and there's video evidence of this. Kyle Russo, what are your thoughts on this predicament for New England and Robert Kraft? This tarnishes Robert Kraft's, uh, Robert Kraft's le- legacy. It's over. Uh, that's it. I mean, he could deny it, but there's video evidence proof that he was involved in it. And as we saw how the NFL handles decision, uh, decisions like this, we all saw what uh, last year the Carolina Panthers owner, Jerry Richardson, what he had to do. And he was accused, I believe, of sexual assault or, uh, or harassment. Mm-hmm. And it was only one case of it. Now to have this, I wouldn't be surprised if Robert Kraft is not the owner of the New England Patriots to begin next season. To be honest with you, Kyle Earhart, Kraft is seventy-seven years old, and he's reported to be one of twenty-five people involved. It's it's crazy, and apparently it was it was um, the Orchards of Asia Day Spa. Yeah, on, on it, and and from what Adam Schefter said too, that he isn't the only big name either. There's another big name out there too, which is very scary to be honest. Yeah, um, I know. Chief Daniel Kerr um, said he was shocked to learn Kraft, who's he's worth six billion, was allegedly paying for sex inside a strip mall massage parlor. We are all equally as stunned here in the studio, but I'm going to disagree with Kyle Russo. Um, this does not tarnish his legacy as the New England owner, um, because we've seen in the past what's happened a few months later. Kareem Hunt is back on an NFL team, somewhat like this thing never even happened. Of course, we cannot erase this from our heads. We have not gotten visual evidence 
yet. This will definitely hurt Robert Kraft for sure. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at 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 worst, this may affect his Hall of Fame status. At worst, you don't think he'll be forced to sell the team? Because I do. I think, and this is the thing too: if he's forced to sell the team, he has no control over who he's allowed to sell to. It's only NFL's hands. I somewhat agree with you there to the point where New England is the type of franchise that does not put up with this nonsense. Um, you know, kind of like an old school franchise, but I don't know if they're going to force this guy to sell the team after everything that you know he's done for the organization, James. Yeah, I, I don't see them. I don't see them forcing him to sell the team. It may be a strong suggestion to sell the team. Um, but I, I think they'll wait for all the evidence to come out, the investigation that I believe Jupiter Police is doing, yes. yep. um, along with whatever the NFL investigation probably has to go through, and then they'll probably sit down, talk to him, and then make a judgment call from there. Um, this would probably, I'm imagining, being a pretty long, lengthy process um, for everybody to go through. As usual. Um, I'm sure the decision won't happen right away. I do see probably a decision coming late summer, um, probably right before preseason, um, if not sooner, for Robert Kraft. Um, But for what he has built on that Patriots team, a championship team, almost year in and year out, um, they're going to probably think long and hard about that. Yeah, Um, and it puts a lot of New England players in an awkward position. As I mentioned, Teddy Bruschi earlier Devin McCourty a current player addressed today you really have to just let it play out these players are put in some very uncomfortable situations right now um yeah you know this is just not even a month after winning the Super Bowl three weeks after winning the Super Bowl not even three weeks actually we're talking like two and a half weeks here this is this is some hardcore stuff um just, you know, about 150 miles north from here in Long Island. Um, yeah, this is not good. Um, but um, stuff that might be good. Um, in baseball, we have other news about uh, Manny Machado. Finally, after holding out for a while, decides to sign with the San Diego Padres on a 10-year, $300 million deal. Guys, this is the largest free agent sports contract in American history. He can opt out after five years if San Diego you know, doesn't put the pieces around him. But yep. let me tell you something. You add Machado to a lineup with Hosmer, those guys are making half their payroll this year. Those two combined, they're making 51 mil. The rest of the team combined, 54 and a half. Thoughts? I mean, and you, you also can't forget Will Myers, too, is also a good staple in that lineup. I mean, if you look at the Padres, like, their lineup is scary, but who's who's their starting pitching? They, they they still haven't addressed their starting pitching needs, and they're still going against up the likes against the Giants, the Angels, and the Rockies, who have shown the last couple of years have been doing really well. Um, I don't know. There's still question marks around the Padre team, but obviously adding Machado is great. I would happen to agree with that. Um, now... James, there were other teams in the running for this as well, no? Yeah, no, there was um, there was a lot of teams actually in the running, um, which was which was kind of surprising in some ways because he was asking for a lot of money. 
Um, but at the same time, when when you bring on a superstar like he is, um, you know, you figure almost the whole ML- MLB's in the running. Mm-hmm. You would imagine. I mean, right. You know, um, so. Except the Mets, of course. Yeah, and the Yankees, supposedly. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, the Yankees were a team that was supposedly interested, but it just never seemed to happen. Um, now that Machado is signed, Bryce Harper. Rumor is he'll be heading to Philadelphia within the next 48 hours or so. Uh, Kyle Russo, you know, your Yankees swung and missed with Machado. We didn't even swing. We didn't even put an offer out there. So we didn't even attempt. We didn't even get up the plate. You get but my metaphor here. I got it, but the Phillies will be signing Bryce Harper, especially now after the fact that the Nationals owner has officially stated that the Nationals are no longer interested in bringing back Bryce yes. Harper. <laughs> that is correct. I'll believe that when I see it. No, listen, for it, the owner it, to come out and say happened. it, it's, yeah. it's yeah, official. It happened. I know. But it is also official that Tavares would sign with the Islanders. It didn't happen. Like, I'll believe it when I see it. Like, That's different. I, when your was, owner comes out and says that we're not interested in bringing you back, it's not, it's not going to happen. That's one of the best players in baseball. How, how are we just going to eliminate yourself from a Bryce Harper sweepstake? Because if he's going to wait this long, that obviously means that he doesn't want to be there with you. Because Or he wants more money. Well, no, they offered him a $300 million contract. Yeah, yeah, but now now he wants more money than Machado. He, he saw what Machado got yesterday. What do you think Bryce Harper is going to want now? Oh, he's he, he, he's going to want more than Machado, you would think, right? Yeah, but he's only probably going to get like 320 Probably he's See, not going to get so much more. But I, I don't get that. I don't disagree with with either of you guys. You know, I, I think there's a, a common ground here that you could say, yeah, maybe the Yankees should have made an, a, an official, formal, <coughs> formal offer to Machado, being how rich the franchise is. And Machado, you know, it was reported that he might be interested in playing there, that he was playing in, uh, interested in playing there. But at the same time, if you're the Yankees, um, you know, you already have some you know big name players on the on yeah. on the team and you have a young team you want to develop those young players where this may conflict with that um the only the only reason i would see is because with Didi out this year uh but, you want quote unquote uh insurance but but you have the likes of dj with uh with au you uh you still have uh troy to whiskey you signed that you didn't sign it for no reason you still have Andujar playing third base. There was just no need for Machado, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, like, where are you going to play him? I agree. Um, Andujar, Torres, Voigt now, LeMahieu. LeMahieu. I think that was a solid signing. Yeah. He was great for Colorado last year. The, the, the only thing that I do give the Yankees uh, what they should have signed, I think they should have went hard after Daniel Murphy. I think he would be perfect for that team. Just because they need a contact hitter, and that's all Murphy is. Gets a bat on the ball, doesn't strike out. I, that's the only thing I don't like about the Yankees this offseason, that they didn't get Danny Murphy because they've been perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I'm pr- pretty sure Kyle Russo agrees with that because. I completely agree. I mean, look, you signed a guy who has a career 300 average, over 1,000 hits in LeMahieu. I mean, you're doing work yeah. right there. And, you know. As much as there's mixed opinions about Zach Britton, you re-signed him. You got Troy Tulowitzki with some depth. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of potential there this season. Uh, I really do. 
Um, other breaking news, last really major point, the four core points we have tonight, is that the NBA, well, proposes, I mean, it's pretty much already a said and done deal that it's going to happen within the next five years, uh, to lower the age limit to 18 years old to enter the NBA. So what this means is that uh, high school athletes will have the option to bypass college and play in the NBA. And, you know, you saw it today. Charles Barkley was very opinionated on this and thinks all players should go to college uh, for just that one year um, if they're really that good enough to go pro. Uh, what are our thoughts on this here in the studio? I want to hear what you guys think. Uh, I I disagree. Not all at once now. <laughs> I, I disagree. I think they should be going to college because you look at some pros and they could be one-hit wonders, you know? And then you're also very young, fresh out of high school. Um, you have a lot. You have many years to explore yourself. If they feel like the NBA is where they want to go, all for it. But at the same time, if you go to college and say pursue um, a you know a, a subject you, you like, yeah, and you realize you know what NBA, I may not want to go this route. I feel like I could be say a CEO instead. You know, um, I think it's a good talking point to have, but I, I disagree. I think you should at least go to a year of college or a year and a half um, because you need that college experience because what if you get se severely injured, you, your career's done, or you are completely, you know, shot dead in the water because you, you have no other backup after your career. Uh, Kyle Russo, your analysis on this matter. I think if you're a player, this is your dream come true. Don't have to waste, basically, they call it a year. It's not even a year. It's basically a semester and a half, if that. And go get your money. They don't have to do that anymore. For an NBA owner, this is your worst nightmare coming to life because what college does for NBA owners and scouts is it allows you to analyze the transition from high school to college and see if they're going to be able to transition from college to the NBA. Now they're jumping straight from high school to the NBA. Not everybody's going to be LeBron James. It's not going to happen. You're going to have your Joe Greens who jumped from high school to college. You're going to have your other players that have jumped from high school to, uh, to the NBA, and they yeah. haven't panned out well. And for NBA owners, this is not going to be good because you're going to be seeing a lot of players. Half the players that we've seen in this draft right now could have skipped could have skipped college completely if that was a rule at that point in time. Zion Williamson, you think he would have went to college? Nope. You think R.J. Barrett would have went? No. Nope. I don't think so. Kyle Earhart. Now, who, I mean, talking, comparing apples, aren't I mean, the NCAA and the NBA, I mean, does either side come out victorious on this, or do both sides somewhat take a hit here? Because I think, I'll get to my opinion in a minute, but I think, you know, I, I think you might be thinking what I'm thinking. I mean, both sides definitely take a hit because let's say Zion doesn't go to Duke or Barrett doesn't go to Duke. That just Duke Duke just takes a massive blow right there. And so does the NCAA because yeah. people want like like look at the like the tickets for this. We'll talk about it later. But the tickets for the Duke game the other night were ridiculously insane. And imagine if like Zion and our Barrett aren't there. The, there's no way the NCAA gets as many views as it would now because yeah. of all the Duke players. And obviously the NBA take a hit because they're taking a risk. Player comes out of high school, you don't know how they're going to be in the NBA. No, there's no LeBron James. Like it's very hard to find that LeBron James, like Kyle Russo said. I think 
I think this is awful. I really do think this is awful for the NCAA and the NBA. First, the NCAA. Reason number one, you lose so much money. The NCAA tournament, what happens to teams like Kentucky, John Calipari, has to completely change the dynamic of his recruiting process. Coach Krzyzewski used to produce four-year players. Now, one-and-done motto. That's really not going to benefit the powerhouse schools. Will they still find ways to get around it? I'm sure they will. But you're going to see a significant decline in the talent. The ratings are going to go down for March Madness. This is not going to be good. The reason why it's bad for the NBA, Kyle Russo said it best. These young players, they're going to come in, and that jump from high school to the NBA is huge. And coaches, yeah, it is their worst nightmare because they can't analyze these players. You're skipping a step. You're skipping a step. And that can be the most detrimental thing to your career. Also, keep this in mind. Veterans are going to want to leave. Veterans are going to want no part in this. The veterans are going to start retiring earlier. I mean, this is going to become a baby game. I mean, if, if you keep it up at this rate. The average age on the NBA teams have dropped by 2.7 years since, like, this new, you know. I mean, it was originally that you can jump high school to NBA, then the, the one year of college. Does it seem a little, uh, you know, tedious? Yes, I guess if you're Zion. I mean, I don't agree with the last statement that people are going to want to retire veterans on the team. I don't necessarily agree with that. But another thing, too, which I'm thinking about now. I think so. Is that for the NBA to propose this idea, you know, that means a lot of the NBA owners are on board with this idea, too. For them to just propose that idea like that. That means that a lot of them have to be on board with You're comparing, like, for example, take the Lakers right now. Yeah. LeBron is 34 years old. Yes. This is his 16th season in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Who in their 16th season is being asked to be the number one guy by a landslide playing with a bunch of kids? You're talking about the—think about this for a second. We're taking 18-year-old kids and throwing them whose, whose bones aren't even fully developed against these 30-year-old pros who are just going to you know bash them around. I think Zion is a rare exception, but a perfect example would be Marcus Teague, a player who came out of Kentucky after one year. Imagine him jumping from high school to the NBA. Because if you want to compare high school numbers, he was clearly good enough to skip that first year of college. He turned out to be a bust. He's out of he's out of the uh, the NBA. But it's I don't think it's going to fare out well. And I think these veterans are just going to feel uncomfortable. They're going to feel very uncomfortable because you're favoring the younger players now by doing this. You're not favoring guys who are north of 30 by doing this. You're really not. As sad as it is to say, guys are going to be retiring at earlier ages. That's just my take on this. They're also missing a step in their career as well. They're missing a growing process where where in college that you could find yourself either as a point guard, shooting guard, etc. As in high school, you're pretty much, you know, still learning, but kind of mastering everything but if you make that leap you, I feel like you're you're missing a few key points within your play yeah yep on that note we're going to step aside for a quick break and when we come back we will review the NBA all-star competitions and talk about the all-star game you're listening to review and preview here on the wave the sound of LIU now back to review and preview on the wave the sound of LIU Well, good evening, and welcome back to Review and Preview. Um, yes, 
We are getting low by Flo Rida. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, here on LIUWave.org. Join alongside James Montefusco, Kyle Russo, Kyle Earhart. Um, so, this past weekend, we had a huge NBA event, um, the NBA All-Star Weekend. And it started Friday night, the celebrity game, Ray Allen's team versus the famous Los team. And shockingly, famous Los team won by a score of 82 to 80. The last I heard from this game, um, Ray Allen was hitting four-point shots like no tomorrow. Yep. He really was. Yep. And how – I don't even think – who won the MVP? Was it Quavo again? No, it was famous Los. It was famous Los. Crazy. Man, you know, a former NBA player lost. Yeah, right. Especially Ray it's, Allen's yes. caliber, too. Hey, listen, he's been out of the league for, what, now, four years? Five years now? Yeah, but come on. He could still play. He wasted. He could have gotten an NBA contract right then and there. This the is, way he was shooting the ball. I mean, this guy's a viral comedian who led his team to victory over Ray <laughs> Allen. He had 22 <laughs> points in this game. Um, however, I think he played D2 ball back in the day. Um, Carlos Sanz, Sanford, that's his real name, right? Because um, he does hail from Durham. So, um, you know, pretty crazy. But, man, Hall of Famer Ray Allen, he sure did take advantage uh, behind that three-point line. Uh, former UConn basketball star Stephanie Dolson played in this game as well. Uh, we have to bring that up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Got to represent the women players out there as well. And realistically, they don't really go big into the stats in this game, but uh, shout-out to them. Uh, it was an entertaining game to watch. I know you guys are doing the show, but I was watching a little bit of the game. It was a little, it was fun to watch. I enjoyed it. Well, not as fun as the uh, USA World game, but we'll get into that right now, right, Tom? Um, yes. The USA World game was also Friday night. That is the Rising Stars Challenge. For the first time since 2016, Team USA tops Team World, and Kyle Kuzma wins the Most Valuable Player Award. The final score was 161 to 144. The official name, the 2019 Mountain Dew Ice Rising Stars Challenge. Uh, Kuzma scored 35 points, and with Kyrie Irving serving as the honorary coach, Team USA led the majority of this game, though. They really did. Um, I was surprised because on paper, as we would like to say, uh, Team World on paper had a better team. They really did. Um, Luka Doncic and Ben Simmons were big for Team World. Ben Simmons at 28 points, 14-17 from the field. Doncic had 13-9 with assists. Um, crazy. But my unsung hero this game is Sean Collins. Why? High-scoring game filled with high-flying moments. And this guy made some emphatic plays. Uh, and he kind of gave a preview to what, what was come the following night, speaking of our show. Review and preview. Previewing his uh, Saturday night AT&T Slam Dunk Challenge. Um, you know, when he threw that alley-oop to himself off the backboard um, in the first half. Don't forget, Jason Tatum had 30 points in this game. 
then Laurie Markkinen had 21 for Team World. And then, of course, Mike Thaws, who is not here tonight, his man, De'Aaron Fox, 16 assists for Team USA. USA. Oh. <laughs> Are we good? I'm, I'm yeah, fine. Yeah, You're I'm... good, all right. Uh, Thank you. Ky- Kyle Russo, please break down this game for us. What did you see? What did you like from Team USA in this game, and how were they able to solve the puzzle of beating Team World? They just shot the ball better. I mean, the, the players had more points at the end of the day. The starting players had more points. Luka didn't shoot the ball that well. And, and you know, this is it's one of those games. It's like the all-star game, but, you know, for the younger players. They don't really care about it. They're just out there trying to have fun. And at the end of the day, that's what happened. I mean, I think they definitely care about it. I mean, listen, you saw some breakaways from John Collins that were just ridiculous. They just, it, it's, it's entertainment. It, I don't think they necessarily cared as much. And we, we also did not mention, guys, that Trey Young was three boards away from a triple bubble. Yep. yep. 25, 7, and 10. And then, fun fact, each team finished the game shooting 55.4% from the field. That's what I mean. If that's a, if that's a defensive game. If that's a defensive game, that's that number's down at least 10%. What do you think about that? I think that it was a defensiveless <laughs> game. Um, moving on to Saturday night. <laughs> we got to talk about the dunk contest. Uh, a guy who nobody picked here in the studio, Hamadou Diallo, won in the final against the Knicks' Dennis Smith Jr. As we mentioned, John Collins participated and from the Charlotte Hornets, Miles Bridges. Two finalists were Diallo and Smith. Diallo would really gave him the edge. His final two dunks, he used props and had a two-handed slam. <laughs> Shaq is a prop. Yeah, he used Shaquille O'Neal, and Dennis Smith tried jumping over D. Wade, which re- realistically, I think jumping over Shaq is more impressive than D. Wade. Yep. Yeah, Shaq's a little taller than D. Wade, don't you think? Just a little bit. <laughs> and then he attempted Smith, then he tried it, uh, catching a pass from Steph Curry, which, I mean, yeah, he got a 50 out of 50 on that dunk, but we even saw it. We were watching it together, guys, and it, it was just weird to watch because Smith was just missing, like, left and right. Like, he he seemed to he seemed to be trying to do a little bit too much. I mean, it's it's a dunk contest, right? It's supposed to be fan favorite. So, like, yeah. I don't blame Dennis Smith for trying too much. I mean, the fans were booing. But, like, you know, it was entertaining from our Knicks fans' point of view. Like, I, for me, I loved what Dennis Smith was doing. Yeah. Trying to go all out, you know? I'd happen to agree with that. Uh, I think it was a great weekend. Um, and then the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. Chase and Tatum hits a half-court shot. Yeah, all these. The three-point challenge, the skill challenge, the dunk contest, they were all really good. Tatum's path to victory was Mike Conley, which, I mean... Come on, that's a, Mike that's Conley. An that, that's embarrassing. If, if you're NBA co- commissioner Adam Silver, how do you put 30 year old Mike Conley in the skills challenge? All due respect, but you cannot put this guy against guys that are like barely half his age. No, three, it has, three quarters of his age has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the respect for Mike Conley in his game. What is he? 11 years into his career, and you're putting him in a game that's supposed to be for two, three year players, rookie players. That's a it's terrible. Well, round one, Tatum beat Conley. Jokic beat Vukovic. Trey Young beat De'Aaron Fox. Sorry, Michael. And Luka Doncic beat Kyle Kuzma, which, I mean, we kind of expected that. 
and then the semifinals. What really gets people is the first pass. That's usually what gets people, you know, then because then you got the layup, then you got the free throw, right? And then the three-point shot. So it was hard because then Tatum beat Jokic in the second round, which by math, I mean, come on. Jokic is not beating Jason Tatum. He almost did. He, almost he had, did. He he had the jump did. on him. He just missed the three-pointer. He, he still didn't. Let's, uh, yeah. And then Trey Young beat Luka Doncic. Yep. And then Tatum beat Young in the final, which this was very impressive. The half-court shot. That was impressive. We yeah. were going wild. I'm we mad I, I, I didn't see that live. Did not see that live. I, I don't think know what you were doing then, because I saw it. No. No, Tom, you were definitely you were definitely there when when it happened. Yeah, really. Yeah. What are we sugarcoating here? No, you just weren't paying attention. <sighs> I, I honestly, you weren't there either. I yet. weren't there either. You yet. weren't there either. So I, I, I don't think Tom was just paying attention. Usually, Tom pays attention to sports. Just wasn't paying attention. Oh, jeez. It happens to everybody. Yep. I mean. Oh boy. Um. So, my favorite event of the weekend, better than the game. I think this is everyone's favorite event because now this is what the NBA is about: three-point shooting, three the three-point shootout. Um, realistically, you got ten guys in this competition. I mean, who would have thought Joe Harris would win? Nobody. No one in this studio. No, Dawes picked them. I think. Chris, really? picked, Chris picked them. Chris, Chris picked oh, Chris, them. that's Dawes. right. Yeah, hats off to Chris. Chris picked them. I was tempted to pick him, but now who did you want to pick him again? I picked Devin Booker. That's who, yeah. Oh, because he, he won it last year. Yeah, and then I, I but I really thought Buddy Heald was going to win, but then two other people in the studio picked him, so I was like, all right, this is going to be kind of boring if I do what everyone else is doing. The Mountain Dew three-point shootout, guys. Uh, love saying that. Um, <laughs> the participants in round one, Steph Curry had 27, Buddy Heald 26, Joe Harris 25, Dirk had 17. He wasn't bad in this competition. Yeah, I'm kind of glad he was in it. I am kind of glad that he was in it. He did not finish last. And then, oh my goodness, in the final round, Stephen Curry missed by one money ball against Joe Harris. And he started off, what, 8 for 10 to start or 9, nine for 10? His first two were just, yeah, he and didn't miss. When he got towards the middle rack, he was just um, Bricking everything. He was bricking everything. And then, you know, remember, this guy won the shootout back in 2015. Um, The last five shootouts, two of them have been won by Golden State players. So you got to think Steph Curry, totally the favorite here. And then Joe Harris. I mean, Buddy Hield was not even a factor in this round. He was terrible. But, uh, yeah, Joe Harris, kudos to him. And, you know, he was a really no-name guy when he came into this league out of the University of Virginia. He was struggling to make NBA rosters, spent some time in the G League, uh, and then Joe Harris all of a sudden makes a name for himself, a starter for the Brooklyn Nets, who are in playoff contention this year. Yep. Congratulations, Joe Harris. Yeah. Um, now we get to review the All-Star game um, in our next block on this segment. It was Team LeBron against Team Giannis. Guys? Team Giannis led majority of this game. Who did you have in this game? I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I kind of wanted Team Giannis to win. Uh, I'm with you, Tom. Uh, I turned it on, and I'm like, oh, Team Giannis is going to win. I'm like, LeBron's going to lose? All right. You know, I was getting pretty pumped. Um, I was kind of hoping 
for Team Giannis just because Team LeBron was so stacked, as we should say. You're um, not wrong. You know, with all the superstars on his team. Um, I think LeBron did that for a reason. Um, but it, it was an interesting game. I was kind of hoping it would re- reach 200 points, to be honest with you guys. Also, I forgot to mention earlier, guys, the celebrity game was presented by Ruffles. Get your potato chips. Um, <laughs> back to the All-Star game. I mean, we got to throw, we got to shout out the sponsors in there. And James, you're right. Giannis led the all scorers with 38 points. Of course, no defense was played. But the highlight of this game in the 68th NBA All-Star game played at the Spectrum Center was Steph Curry's play at the end of the game. Kind of just, I mean, it, it wasn't just the bounce to Giannis. It was the one play where he dunked it. I think he threw it off the backboard or something and then dunked it himself. I mean, what are the odds Stephen Curry dunks a basketball? They're not likely. No, what he did is he reverse jammed it. That's what he did. It was a breakaway on the last. They were already down. They were going to lose the game. And he broke out and he reverse jammed it. But I think the highlight of the game, and Kyle James, I think you could agree with me on this one, was when Steph bounced it off the floor and Giannis reached up, touched the ceiling of the Charlotte Arena and put it down. I think you said... I said that was one of the highlights of this game. Oh, okay. But no, that's this game was an excellent game. Obviously, the past couple seasons in the All-Star game, it's been very disappointing because it's just been so disgusting and horrible to watch. But this game was competitive throughout. Obviously, Giannis broke out ahead in the beginning of the game. He had like the first 15 of like 20 points for Team Giannis. It was incredible. He dominates the paint. His first five field goals were all dunks. But it was a very entertaining game through and through. And if his team would have won, probably would have been MVP, right? No, without a doubt. Oh, without a yeah, doubt. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. He's the best paint player in the NBA. And I'm, I'm going to make one statement here and kind of go out on a limb with, with this. He is the best player in the league right now. He is going to be the closest thing to LeBron James and Michael Jordan because of how big he is and his inside game. If he develops a three-point shot, unstoppable. He has the potential to be better than LeBron James. Yes. He has the potential to be better than LeBron James if he develops a three-point shot. Mm-hmm. He is insane to watch James. Uh, I have a, yep, I have a few fun facts here for you guys. I don't know if you guys saw it early in the I'm week. I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> All right. Just what I liked here. All right, Team LeBron had shot 90, th- 90 shots, three points, 93 pointers. Only made 35. Nice. 93-pointers? Yep. And then Team Giannis shot 27 of 77 from with from three? Yes. Okay, so they what you're saying is three-pointers, live or die. You live and die and they both three, died. baby. Pretty much. And they both died. It, yeah, it, I mean, they were just <laughs> chucking all game to the point where they, they didn't even care. I mean, yeah. I, I saw Jason Tatum pull up for one point. I'm like, what are these guys doing? When I saw that Not stat. Jason Tatum, sorry. He wasn't in the All Star game. When I saw that, I forget stat. who. I think it was Kawhi Leonard actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Kyle said, this is like, like you said about the the rising star, like the rising star game. It, it it's more to entertain the fans. Like they they didn't really play defense. Just like, like James said, ninety threes from Team LeBron. Well, to like, be fair, Dirk didn't miss. Three for three beyond the three point line. He was yeah. pulling up from deep. I was so disappointed they only played him for like three, four minutes in the game. Four too. minutes, yeah. And then his second, Budenholzer puts in Dirk, Mike Malone. D Wade in the game, and I think Anthony Davis only played for four minutes. Yeah, too. he did too. Yeah. Didn't play yeah. that much. Well, Davis was not a hundred percent. I don't feel. Yeah, like. that's true. 
Uh, you know, nobody wants to get hurt in this game. And it was funny because uh, Clay Thompson was actually guarding Stephen Curry. They were on different teams, and then Clay Thompson is like, "Oh, this is what it feels like <laughs> for everyone else in the NBA." Uh, he fouled him too on a made three. Then Clay Thompson just walking, shaking his head. I'm like, that that might have been the highlight of my night seeing Clay Thompson so uh, angry at his teammate in a playful manner. Uh, everybody had their moments in this game. D'Angelo Russell had some moments. Nikola Jokic, the Joker, had some great plays. Vukovic, Harden, Irving, but Durant was the MVP. 31 points. He was incredible to watch. Uh, he was probably one of the very few consistent players in this game. Uh, add seven rebounds to his stat total as well. Guys, he led the comeback for Team LeBron, if you think about it. It was him and Klay Thompson. They were the two top scorers of that team. Uh, Klay Thompson was shooting the rock well. LeBron had 19 points. Team LeBron was down by 20 at one point in the second quarter, and usually when a team is pulling away by that much in the All-Star game, you're kind of like, eh, but no. This is the all-star game where the best shine. I mean, this game was really dominated by two players in the first half. Giannis and Middleton. The yep. Bucks. Yeah. I mean, the head coach, the Bucks head coach. I mean, he's gonna play those two a lot. And then Paul George at twenty as well. Paul George is phenomenal. Yeah, he's, he's really phenomenal. He, he's something. He, he did a step back on James Harden. It was top incredible. three player in the league. Yep. Without a doubt, top three player in the league. But the reason we talk about this 20-point deficit, the reason why they were able to come back is because of Russell Westbrook. Because every time he shot the ball, it felt like you knew he was going to miss it. And that's exactly what happened. I believe he took around 20 shots, <laughs> and he made about, like, six of them. Sounds like Russell Westbrook. Yep. But that, that was the reason why LeBron was able to – LeBron's team was able to make that comeback in the game. He just kept on shooting the rock and kept on missing. Russell Westbrook is shooting under 25% from three this season. It's terrible. I, and he I, shot I about five like of them in the All-Star game. I would just like to re- remind everybody of that factoid there. Crazy. Yeah. Any final thoughts on this All-Star game? I do have a quick question for all of you guys. Yeah. Sure. Pretty quick. Um, do, you be- do you think LeBron set his team up the way he did to kind of scout out? those guys to see who he can bring to the Lakers no no not really I don't think so no they to be honest with you it it was his boys to be honest I mean him and Wade are best buds I don't think that team LeBron wanted to win I don't think they expected to win I think they just kind of got hot and who really got hot in the game was in the third quarter was Damian Lillard that's one of the major reasons why they were able to come back too on top of the Russell Westbrook effect and how that impacted the game, but I don't think it has anything to do with recruiting anybody. If anything, James, the only person that LeBron is linked to with the Lakers is Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis is on his own team. So to answer your question, no, I don't think anything to do with that. On that note, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk and preview the second half of the 2018-19 NBA season. You're listening to Raving Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside James Montefusco, Kyle Russo, Kyle Earhart. Two segments down and a lot more to go. So, we reviewed over the All-Star game. We talked about Kraft and all that breaking news. We mentioned Machado. It's time to preview the NBA second half. So, the playoff talk officially gets into full swing here. 
the top eight teams in each conference. In the East, we have the Bucks, uh, best record in the NBA, followed by the Kawhi Leonard Raptors, the Indiana Pacers, the Victor Oladipo list, Indiana Pacers. Uh, which Mick Millen's definitely a top two, top three candidate at this point for Coach of the Year, man. Uh, Boston Celtics at four, Sixers at five, Brooklyn at six, the Charlotte Hornets led by Kemba Walker at seven, and the dominant front court in Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond have the Detroit Pistons as the number eight seed. Uh, we pretty much know that one through five is locked. Those top five are getting in. Brooklyn is probably you're safe to throw them in as well. The real question is the bottom two, the seven and the eight seed. It's currently held by Charlotte and Detroit. Do we think this will stay? Will there be movement amongst that bottom two to three teams? I think there might be. I think Miami might sneak in to the eighth or seventh seed. I know they've been losing a lot as of late, but I think they'll turn it up towards the end of the season. I really do. Uh, I don't think that Pat Riley will allow D-Wade to go out and not make the playoffs. I really don't think it's going to happen. A team that's three and eight in the division, eleven and sixteen at home, in the playoffs. Kyle Russo. Yep. Sad. It's depressing. <laughs> I mean, when Kelly Olynyk is is one of your best players, I mean, it's listen, wow. man. He looks like a girl from behind. It's not. It's not. It's not good. <laughs> if the state of the Miami Heat right now. The only way. He's not wrong. The only way I see Miami sneaking in, is if there's a major injury to either Kemba Walker or Blake Griffin, to be honest with you. Because I think Orlando is better than Miami. The Orlando Magic are in a five-game winning streak, guys. Five-game as they're trailing to the Bulls right now, of course. But uh, <laughs> they had an all-star this year, Nikola Vukovic, a young and up-and-coming team. Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon. You know, they have some decent players. Vukovic, I mean, he is emerging into a star. Miami does not have a star. No, they do not. They have... An above average, well, they have an average center in Hassan Whiteside. Thank you for that. Kelly Olynyk. They traded away Tyler Johnson. You, you still got Wade. Is Chalmers yeah, there? Anderson. Chalmers. Oh, Tom. Chalmers has been gone for a long time. Dude, I'm going throwback Friday here. He's been Flashback gone for a Friday, long time. Me. Long time. But we got we got some young pieces. Justice Winslow. Look, Kemba's getting Charlotte in. Josh I don't Anderson. care. Yeah. Kemba's getting them in. Yeah. The question is the eight seed. Will it be Orlando? <laughs> Or Detroit. I'm counting the Heat out. Me too. Counting the Heat out. I don't think they're Detroit. old and they're bad. They're bad. Yeah, they're bad. They are bad. As Tom said, they're bad. I don't listen. I don't want them to make the playoffs either. I mean, we we have, we own our pick this year, but I would hate to see Dwayne Wade go out and not make the playoffs. Look, it, it doesn't make sense because you, you're just gonna add to the agony here. I mean, come on, Justice Winslow is your starting point guard, Kyle Russo. Add him to my top ten. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, it's Yikes. embarrassing. We'll get to that later. It's embarrassing. I mean, look, you got Ryan Anderson, James. Johnson. He doesn't even play. <laughs> he doesn't even play. Dion Waiters. Yep. Um. Yeah. It's embarrassing. There's no doubt about it. We we locked ourselves into a lot of bad contracts, and Udonis Haslam still is not retired yet. Uh, he, I think he will be with Dwayne Wade. I Probably. think he will be. And then you still got Goran Dragic, who's on the wrong side of thirty. He has been out for the last two and a half months, yeah. and I think, believe he's coming back tonight. Actually. Any argument between Charlotte? No. I think the eighth seed, Kyle, who's getting the eighth seed in the East? 
I, I think, unless Blake Griffin get, gets hurt, it's <laughs> it's gonna be the Pistons. Detroit. Like like you said, I don't think the Magic have enough firepower yeah. to overmatch yeah. Detroit, and the Heat are just awful, as uh, Chris would say. Yikes! So yeah, uh, James. Unfortunately, there's no West Virginia players on Miami, but uh, if you can give Five. your analysis, look, Orlando <laughs> does have Mo Bamba. They have Markel Fultz. Jerry and Grant, Notre Dame product. I knew you were going to say that. Don't forget, they have Timothy Mozgov as well. <laughs> That's Vucevic, Fournier, Look, they're Jonathan big, they're, Isaac. Their big-name players are Vukovic, Fultz, Mo Bamba. Mo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so far so. they don't got a lot of household <laughs> names. but So, Did now, this, this leads to my next question. Will the Brooklyn Nets... Make the playoffs. Yes, uh, we pretty yes. much have them in. Yes. At, at what seed are they getting in? Uh the sixth. Agreed. Lock them in for the sixth. Agreed. Hmm. Yeah, probably the sixth. Unless, unless you know they they hit like a stride where they yeah. start going down. Because in no way, they, no one thought the Nets would be here. Unless you know they keep winning, so like, they, they could definitely keep I winning. But maybe Kemba or set. I mean, the all, se- I'm gonna say seven. Only yeah. way you can. Is if Indiana starts dropping off, but I don't think they're going to. And I know, uh, I know, one of you guys disagrees with me here on this stat, but Indiana is not going to drop that much without Oladipo. They're a well-coached team. I'll be. I think I'm Philly very surprised they're not going to drop out of the top. Five. I'm very surprised, and this is why Nate McMillan should be Coach of the Year because of what he's been able to do without Victor Oladipo. It's absolutely incredible. They have good role players. And I'll bite my tongue, spite my face, but they, it's been incredible what they've been able to do, Indiana. They have the best bench player in the NBA, DeMontis, DeMontis Sabonis. Sabonis, who averages a double-double in less than 20 minutes a game. Just saying. Uh, 14 points a game. Uh, he's down to 9.2 rebounds. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but he shoots 57% from three, 61% from the field, sixth man of the year. Easy. Um, all right, so... Will the Knicks finish last? You guys better hope so. You aren't you a Knicks fan? No, I'm a Heat fan, man. I, you, you I no, I honestly had no clue. You didn't get that? That's what? No, was, no, yeah. I actually didn't understand that. No, I'm not a Knicks fan. I could care less. Obviously, I'm a New Yorker. I want to be able to root for something in New York besides the Giants and the Yankees. But I didn't know you're the fan, Knicks huh? have the worst roster in the NBA. Oh, they're embarrassed. They have the worst roster in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Thank you, next. <laughs> mm-hmm. The West, yeah. or I should have said, thank you, West. Yeah. Uh, all right, so <laughs> in the West, we have Colvin State <laughs> as the number one, followed by the Denver Nuggets at the two seed, the OKC Thunder uh, on the rise. They're third, followed by the Portland Trailblazers, the Houston Rockets, Utah Jazz, San Antonio, San Antonio Spurs, and the L.A. Clips, followed by Sacramento and the Lakers and the Timberwolves and then Dallas. And then the bottom three, you got New Orleans, Memphis, Phoenix. Phoenix was actually a team of the week last week, sadly. 16-game <laughs> losing streak. That's a franchise record. That is a franchise record. As of last night, the Suns lost their 16th consecutive game most in franchise history. The tank for Zion is real. So, the top three. Look, I think he, he, Houston might jump, people. Houston might jump Portland. I mean, yeah, Portland just got Ennis Cantor, which is a huge signing for them. Helps their bench out. But Portland does not have a good division record. They're not good on the road. 
You have James Harden. Clint Capella is back. He's been back for about a, game. a week or a game. A game. He is back, though. Trevor Ariza is no longer on Houston. So you have P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon, Chris Paul. Your big three is there now. Paul, now you got Kenneth Fareed, Harden, too. and Kenneth Fareed, the biggest mistake downtown in Brooklyn that was made. Yep. Um, this guy is an efficient player, a former Denver Nugget, and he is going to help Houston jump the Portland Trailblazers and finish is either the three or the four, I think. Uh, don't even – I mean, look – as we do have a uh, caller here, uh, James will get to that caller in just a moment. Um, Utah has the easiest second half schedule in the NBA. You got to keep that in mind yes. as the number six seed. Let's stay focused here on yep. the final two seeds. Right now, it's the Spurs and the Clippers, but there's noise about Sacramento and the LeBron-led Lakers. Thoughts on this? I mean, LeBron said himself he's activated playoff mode. So, I, I mean, I don't know why. I know guaranteed he's been injured. playoffs. Will this L.A. turn it up and get in? I, I agree with Russo. They, they will find guaranteed. a way in. LeBron Remember, is a light switch. This is the West and not the East. So, if they get in, it's not going to be pretty. They're going to be one of those bottom two teams in the West. Oh, they yeah. They'll have to face, what, uh, the Warriors? Imagine LeBron against the Warriors that is in the first, first round. round. And they, and and he they upset them? That would be, oh, that would be great. Who think he likes them then? No, listen, I don't think he wants that almost in a way. I mean, I think they would hope for at least the seventh seed. That way you could potentially beat Denver play or OKC. Play the Nuggets and then play the Thunder. Yeah. Hopefully they, well, would, they would obviously aim for the Nuggets because yeah. Thunder, uh, OKC has been on fire. But, yeah, I mean – Lakers definitely making the playoffs, and I think honestly, I think Sacramento will get that eighth seed. I really do. The Clippers are trying to tank. They are trying to play poorly Who? by trading Clippers? the Clippers by trading Marjanovic by Harris. trading Tobias Harris. Yeah, going in for the picks, clearing cap. They are tanking. They do not want to make the playoffs this off season. That's not what their goal is. I think that Sacramento, with the addition of Harrison Barnes, having him for the rest of the season. What Buddy Heald has been able to do, the evolution and the growth that De'Aaron Fox has, Willie Cauley-Stein and what he's been able to do, an instant double-double for you, very great defensive player. I think that Sacramento takes that eighth spot. So, like, I'm going to go ahead and say the Spurs and the Lakers. So you're saying LeBron's not getting in? No, I think LeBron's getting the seventh, and I think Sacramento's getting the eighth. So you think San Antonio, led by LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan, are not getting in? I don't think they're getting in. You don't think they're getting in? No. Spurs-Lakers, easy choice here. I I agree. Sacramento is a year away. Um, At this time, we do have a caller. Uh, We apologize for the static there. Uh, Caller, please state your name and where you are from. Tyler Cook, Huntington, New York. Tyler, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm well. Um, So, what is your question tonight? Um, I was saying, do you really think uh, LeBron uh, has a chance of not making the playoffs? Uh, I mean, there's a realistic chance that he doesn't get in. So, guys, Tyler Cook's question is, do we really think there's a chance that LeBron will not get into the playoffs? Uh, I think there is a realistic chance that they won't, but I think they're going to sneak in. Uh it's just hard because they're in the West now, and the West, like, you got to be on your game to get in. I mean, if Houston is the five seed led by James Harden, you look at the teams under that, you got Utah, they're going to get in, I think. Easiest schedule I remaining. 
And then you got the Spurs. Popovich is going to find a way. I mean, you got two stars in DeRozan and Aldridge. They're still finding a way to win basketball games. You can make the argument that they'll get the eight seed or the seven at best, at best. And they got to get through Sacramento and the Clippers to do that, which I don't think is too tall of a task. But with the exception of LeBron, the supporting cast is bad. I, I mean, it's, it might be the worst team that he's ever had. Yeah. Worse it might than, be worse since, than the Cleveland team last year. No, I think the Cleveland team was worse. No, um, I don't I don't think they so. They had two stars though in No, after Kyrie left. They still after had Kyrie left. I, I think Kevin Love is West. better than anybody that they have right now. Yeah, I think that uh listen, uh, they have a young a really really young team. You have you have Brandon Ingram who is just seems lost almost yeah. every single game. He looks like a positionless player. He doesn't look like he has the strength and wants to play in the NBA. Lonzo is not playing, although he doesn't get you points anyway. McGee. <laughs> JaVale McGee, he'll give you a double-double. Kyle Kuzma's Steve, had an okay season. Kyle Kuzma has, oh, Kuzma's good. He's had an okay like, season. No, he's he's been okay. Season. Josh Hart is edible. Yeah. yeah. But Rondo, McGee, Stevenson chucking up air balls. And I got Reggie I mean, Bullock, but it's I mean, just not. And, and you, it's been a bad cast. Reggie yeah, Bullock. And you look at your bench. You look at the end. You look at the end of your bench, and this is why the Lakers will not even touch anywhere near the finals this year. So it'll be the first time in a while, LeBron will not make the finals. You look at the end of their oh, bench. Clear. Tyson Chandler, Alex Caruso, Mo Wagner. Who are they? Well, we know who Tyson we Chandler. Know Tyson is, Chandler. The, uh, the the other two, like. You know, I mean, this 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 team is not good. They're not good. Contavious Caldwell Pope is your starting two. I'm pretty sure. No, I don't even know if he's starting anymore. Oh, he comes off the bench. I now? think he's coming off the bench. Yes, I mean, Josh Hart. I don't. Know, you know what it is? They Tyler, will definitely make the playoffs, but they will not compete. Where do you season. think the Lakers are going to finish in terms of the playoffs if they do get in? Where? Do, how? How far are they going in the playoffs? All right. So if they get the AC, there's. There's no way they're being the Warriors. We all know that. They'll be lucky if they get a game. The Warriors are just on another level. Yeah. Um, I, I'll tell you my thing. I think it's going to be the Jazz are going to lock in as the sixth seed. The Spurs will get that seven. And I just like how the Kings are playing. They're playing desperate. Um, the, they run the ball. like They didn't want to beat the Warriors again the other day. And yeah. they're just so deep. Buddy Heal, Darren Fox, uh, Marvin Bagley's picking it up. I think that they're going to gain momentum and want to play in the playoffs. I think they're going to get that eighth seed, and I really do think there's a good shot the Lakers are not going to make the playoffs. Um, yeah, it's a valid I, point. I, it's definitely a valid point. I mean, I, I would happen to disagree because I'm by the plain fact that I just can't bet against LeBron James. Yep. That's 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 my only argument there. If LeBron James is not on the Lakers, yeah, the Kings get the eight seed easy over the Clippers. And the Clippers clearly are not going to be winning many more games without uh, Tobias Harris, Gallinari's health concerns. Um, they just got the they just got young guard Shamit that's starting. Landry They're Shamit. They're probably going to try and go for a higher lottery pick. I would say. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that's a strong possibility. Tyler Cook, any final thoughts before we let you off here? No, I just love your comment on the Knicks before. Thank you, Knicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tyler Cook, thank you very much. We hope you have a good night. All right, thanks, Tom. That was Tyler Cook from Huntington, New York.
Uh, back to the show here, and Ty- we appreciate Tyler Colvin two weeks in a row getting his thoughts on some NBA news. Uh, the biggest game, I mean, we're one game back into the NBA, and, and there's there's all sorts of chaos already, man. I mean, Kyle Earhart, you look at the games that were played last night, the Bucks beat the Celtics by one point. Crazy game. And Kyrie's complaining about a foul, this and that, what wasn't called. Warriors th- beat the Kings by two. I mean, what, what, what I, I that think, Bucks game, what happened? I think in the, the uh, NBA apologized for four non-calls that were made in that Boston-Milwaukee game last night, too. The one that was 24-second violation, and it was three seconds after. The, the shot was three seconds after, and they still yeah. counted it. Oh, my God. How ridiculous is that? The, 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 that refereeing's got to be better in the NBA. And also with the with the what the Scott Brooks who ref the oh, yeah. the the Houston game and he, uh, always hates on the Rockets and James Harden after the game had some words for Scott Brooks and Harden never complains about fouls or referees. I don't know. There's a lot of I think the the officiating in the NBA has to be a lot better. Well, because you also got to remember, you know, Harden never gets called for anything. He's the king of the step back. That's always a travel. Yeah, and never gets called. But Do you guys know how I am. Played high school basketball like. My mentality was always to never blame the refs, but this is getting out of hand. Yeah. Um, it really is. Uh, I think Milwaukee deserved to win the game. Yeah. They made the plays at the end. This was a defensive game. Every, everyone's saying, oh, it's a boring game. Why? Because neither team hit 100 and played defense. And they made it a good game. It was a fun game to watch. It was a very fun, fantastic basketball game between potentially two of the best teams in the East. I think that's your Eastern Conference final right there. I'm going to staple it right there. Yeah. Right I there. Mean, I, 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 that's it for me. That's a that's – a, I don't like that goal. That's, that's excellent work goal. by Kyle Earhart. Um, look. Write it down. Other games oh. last night, uh, oh. the Warriors survived Sacramento winning with defense. Kevin Durant with seven blocks. That was very impressive. And then uh, the Lakers coming back to beat Houston. Brandon Ingram leading the way along with LeBron. Ingram. 27 points, 13 rebounds. Kyle Russo lost. <laughs> this was like his best game of his career in a Laker uniform, to be honest with you. He is lost. I mean, yeah. What if he turns it around? Hold on. I hope Time he out. turns it around. Time out. He started a point guard for the Lakers last night. Guys, what position is Brandon Ingram? That's what I'm saying. What He's position just like, is this guy? That's why I don't, I, I don't think positions really matter. He's a small forward in, in, in the NBA, though. Like if you like Justice Winslow yeah, is, was the starting point guard for the Heat. Team. Well, that's because we Reggie don't we don't Bullock have a point guard. He's Still, a bench player. I mean, you have a point guard with the Lakers. You could start Rajon Rondo, a point this guard. It was a bad. choice not to do it. This Rajon Rondo's is a bum. Bad man. Luke Walton is bad. I mean, the Lakers. He's are not bad. a good coach. He's not a good coach. But. Um. Yeah. So the big games tonight we got to talk about um, before we take our top of the hour break here. Uh, the Knicks. Back in action, their first game, and the Knicks are doing Nick things, trailing the Timberwolves at home, uh, seventy to sixty-one. However, Cat Carl Anthony Towns has been ruled out, and he is currently undergoing the concussion protocol. Uh, Bulls lead the Magic with one point, just under six minutes to go. Pacers beating the Pelicans at home, one hundred two ninety-four. Hornets over the Wizards. DeMar DeRozan in his return to Toronto as a spur. His spurs currently lead the Raptors 91-88 at the end of three. Um, You have the toilet bowl between uh, the Hawks and the Pistons. 
Um, uh, that's not nice about the Pistons. At least they're in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. The Atlanta Hawks are not good. Yeah, I know. Um, and then Denver and Dallas just underway, along with the Clippers and the Grizzlies, and Utah and OKC, the nightcap. Uh, now, I want to ask one final question on this segment. Is anyone going against the Warriors? Nope. Still, as of right now? Wait. Like, I think OKC might have a shot in a seven-game series. I think they do. Are you okay? I, I think they do. What Paul George has shown me on defense this year is absolutely phenomenal. My thing is you can't clone Paul George ten time, or three times. I mean, you have Russell Westbrook, who I will give Russell Westbrook credit. He is finally letting PG-13 lead the way. That's what I'm saying. As long this as is not a Friday night movie. As long as Russell Westbrook is not buddies. shooting the ball 20 times a game, they have a real shot against the Warriors in right. a seven-game series. I mean, Steve and Adams is underrated. Is very underrated. I think he can compete with Boogie Cousins. But the problem is they're not they don't have enough depth Kyle, deep, Kyle yeah. Russo. Their two guard is awful. I mean Stephens uh Clay are gonna shoot all over them. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah, but I That's believe they happen. I believe their bench is better on OKC than the Warriors. I disagree with that statement com- completely. You don't think Dennis Schroeder You have veterans in Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala, Jonas Yurebko. They're all Quinn old Cook. though. They're all old. What about Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney doesn't even play. What are you Kevon talking Looney about? Kevon Looney plays like what? Five minutes a game? Ten minutes a game, Max? He's the backup center. But he doesn't play. You're going to tell me this bench consisting of Hamadou Diallo, Raymond Felton, Jeremy Grant, I'll give you Schroeder and Markeith Morris. That's a solid bench. Patrick Patterson. That's a solid bench. Yeah, but it's not better than what the Warriors have, man. I think it is. They're deeper. I think it is. And they're more experienced. And those are guys that are going to yes. do their job when the big-time players need rest. I think the difference is when you have the starting five off the court for Golden State, they don't have anybody that can run the offense for them. When you have the starting five out for OKC. Livingston. You think he can run an offense? I don't think he can. Better than Schroeder, I don't think he can. Schroeder is a point guard who's coming off the bench. He was a starter. If his Livingston didn't have his injury, he was projected to be one of the best players in the NBA. When back in two thousand four, when he first got drafted, <laughs> hey, just saying. <laughs> back in two thousand, at the end, I think that Dennis Schroeder is one of the most undergraded point guards in the entire league. Averages sixteen and a half points per game off the bench for OKC. Instant offense. I think in a seven game series, I think OKC is a shot. Do they win? I still don't think so, but it's competitive through and through. A Russell Westbrook-led team will not get past the Warriors in a seven-game series that will consist of Game 7 being in Oracle. I didn't say that OKC was going to beat them. I said Golden State's going to beat them, but I think they could force a seven-game. We will um, tense each other up a little bit more, but first got to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will have our Team of the Week and Top 10 NBA Point Guards. Stay tuned for our special segments. You're listening to Review and Preview here on liuwave.org. Now back to Review and Preview. This is The Wave, the new sound of Long Island University. liuwave.org. Smell the wine and cheap perfume. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. Throwing it back. James Montefusco, Kyle Russo, Kyle Earhart are my co-hosts. 
here on liuave.org. You can listen to us at our new time now, Friday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. This is our debut of the 8 to 10 official time slot. Guys, top of the hour, 9.07. Let's get to it. Our team of the week. And James, you are first. All right. So my team of the week it it was I am go it was difficult honestly to pick one. Um, actually, I actually got a person of the week, if that's cool. A person, a person of, the of, week. of the week. Thank you, James. Sure. Yeah. yeah okay. Go on. So Tiger Woods um, is playing uh, in a big golf championship. It just blanked. I forget which one, but he moves up to eighth place. He's trailing just Dustin Johnson, minus 11, by six shots, heading into the third round at WGC Mexico Championship. So a lot of people said Tiger's supposed to be coming back last year. As we saw, he had his ups and downs. At the USGA, he had his ups and downs. This year, a lot of people are predicting him doing better. This is one way to get back on track. I like I like that. I like that analysis, James. Thank you. It was good. It was good. I enjoyed it. Um, do you have a team of the week, though? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am going to go with the San Diego Padres. 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 There you go. For picking up Manny Machado. Kyle Russo, you're next. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. You're welcome. Uh, obviously, my team of the week is the Hofstra Pride. Double overtime game yesterday. Pulling out the big win. Justin Wright Foreman. I hope this guy goes to the NBA. I think he deserves to. I know he's a small guard, six foot one, but this guy, instant offense, energizer bunny, ridiculous athlete. Just fun to watch, man. Fun to be a part of it. And get to say that one day, you know, one of the greatest players to ever play for my school, I was there and attended. But Hofstra Pride, that's my team of the week. Yeah. That's that is an excellent pick, Kyle Kyle Russo. Kyle Earhart, your team of the week. My team of the week is going to be the uh, Ottawa Senators. Today they uh, traded Ryan Duchesne, who was on the last year of the contract, and in return they got top top two uh, of Columbus's uh, prospects and a first round pick. And if Duchesne resigns, they get their the year twenty twenty first round pick, which in my eyes is a steal if you can get a guy on the last year of his contract to get those that those types of assets in return. Like it? I got to one-up you, though. My team of the week is the LSU Tigers, the number 13th-ranked team in the nation. They are on a six-game winning streak. They have four players averaging over 10 points per game. They are going to be great when it comes to March Band. This Tremont Waters has been phenomenal. Nas Reed. And they will upset Tennessee tomorrow. I think so. Upset alert. They will. I think so. Do you think uh, – did I do excellent work on my pick? Tom, that was phenomenal. Uh, look, I'm just I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Look, they beat Ole Miss this year, a ranked team, and the SEC. They they play Tennessee at home tomorrow. Tennessee now just fifth in the nation. Remember, LSU beat Kentucky at Rupper Arena earlier this month. Um, and to be fair, since the cat since since the calendar year, since 2019. LSU has lost two games. One was to Arkansas by one point, and the other was this past Wednesday to the Florida Gators in overtime. But uh, LSU, 
that's a good team of the week all around. James, I like the the golf aspect, Tom. I like that representing my school. Kyle. Matt Duchesne, yeah. as Kyle Matt said, Duchesne. Ryan Duchesne. But Matt Duchesne, it was a good pick. We got all around the sports world. We sure do. Um, all right, so now that our team of the week is over, it's time to transition into our top 10 NBA point guards. Uh, you know, I have thought over my list long and hard. Have you? Yes. I've started since Tuesday. All right, who's <laughs> going in the hot seat first? I think, Tom, you went last, so you think you should go first. Sure. I will go first. Um, and just to mention, nobody mentioned St. John's beating Villanova. See, I would have. How could you not because mention that? You hit the game. I know, but they also got blown out by by Providence That's a good point. on Wednesday. They if they, if, if they would have beat Providence, then I would have. Sure. No, I would have. My top ten NBA point guards are listed as followed. Printed it out, too. I did print it out like a professional. Hey. Oh. My list is nice. All right. written and crossed Can out. we argue that Stephen Curry is not number one because he clearly is? No, we can't argue that. Steph Curry, the number one point guard in the NBA. Yep. Number two, Damian Lillard is my number two point guard in the NBA. I think that he has Portland in a really good spot. He is carrying the load on this team. Uh, look, he is a phenomenal basketball player. And I think he's consistent. He shoots the ball well. He has a three-point shot. He plays defense. He rebounds. He passes. He doesn't foul much. And he stays healthy, more importantly. That's why he's my number two over, realistically, Kyrie Irving would have been my number two, but he doesn't stay healthy. So that how can true. he be my number two? That is true. That's why he's my number three. When healthy, he's the next best behind Steph Curry. Yeah. He is phenomenal. Uh, look, Zion reminds me of Kyrie Irving. Seven, eight years ago at Duke. He does. Uh, a guy who played one year, he only played half the season. Well, Zion, I mean, he's probably only going to miss a, a, a couple of games. But uh, Kyrie Irving is my number three. Russell Westbrook is my number four because the man is built like the Hulk. And he's very dominant. And he has the thunder along with Paul George and Steven Adams as the three seed in the West. Kemba Walker is my number five. Kemba Walker is my number five. He was an all-star this year. Number five, wow. He averages more points per game than Kyrie Irving. Fun no, that's fact. a good pick. That's a good pick. Kem- Kemba Walker cracks my top five. D'Angelo Russell is my number six. Ooh, this man has been fantastic is... as of late. He is leading. He has the Brooklyn Nets as the sixth seed. And if you don't have D'Angelo Russell on your list, that's a problem, in my opinion. Because, just saying... He's pretty special. Remember what he did in that uh, overtime game against Cleveland a week or two ago? That's also against Cleveland, Tom. Listen, it doesn't matter what happened. It is one of the best games of the season, in my opinion. Uh, there are other point guards that are better than him. My number seven is Ben Simmons. Okay. Ben Simmons is my number ten. Uh, why? Because he averages almost triple-double numbers, uh, just under 17 points a game, nine boards, just under eight assists. He's a phenomenal player. Kyle Lowry is my number eight. Uh, at this day and age, Kyle Lowry, second-leading assist point guard in the league. He is fantastic to watch. Um, for a very small guy, too, and remember, he's had to lead this team with a new head coach and a new star teammate in Kawhi Leonard. He lost to Mar DeRozan, yet Toronto is sitting there at 43-16. and 16. Big part of that reason is Kyle Lowry. 
Number nine, Chris Paul. Uh, he's on the older side now, but he's still good enough to be in my top ten. Why? Because he's a leader. He plays the actual point guard position and does what a point guard should do. He thinks pass first. He has a mid-range game. He can hit the occasional three. He makes free throws. Phenomenal passer. Flashy. Fun to watch. My number ten. Drum roll. Helling from the Sacramento Kings, De'Aaron Fox is my number 10. I'm so happy you De put him De'Aaron in there. Fox is my number 10. Why? Because he has been a force this season. He has the Kings in prime striking range. And at such a young age, what is he, like 21 years old? I don't even He's think He's fantastic. That. Yeah. At He's something special. Three, 17 points a game, over 7 assists. He shoots the rock. Great. And... Uh, I do have three honorable mentions. Jamal Murray, Luka Doncic, and Mike Conley are my three honorable mentions. Not in my top ten. Honorable. Just mentions. Not, not, not bad. Not bad. James, oh. you were next. Okay. All right. I like putting people on the spot like that. So, Curry's my number one. Not arguing that. Um, Westbrook is two. Okay. Um, he typically has about 21.5 points a game, 7.6 assists. West Walking to West, West, West Brick, you mean? No. He's uh, trying West to confuse Brick. you because you can't shoot for yeah. Yeah, his okay. life. But West Brick. Walking triple-double, that's a good pick. <laughs> yep. That's a good pick. Um, my number three <laughs> is Kyrie Ir Irving, a 26-year-old yes. that has... Still plenty of time left in the NBA. I like it. Um, number four, Ben Simmons. He has good court vision, explosiveness, um, great decision-making. Uh, five, Kemba Walker. Um, roll scores, drop. For, uh, I just feel he, he's a good five. De Leonard, I'm sorry. Lillard? Lillard? Lillard, yes, yes. Sorry about that. Has 13, 30 points scoring the season. I feel like he's more of a quiet star. Small um, market, yeah. Yep. D'Angelo Russell as yes. my number seven. Scored Good. 20 points in six of the last ten games. Um, could be in place for a big second half of the season. Could help Brooklyn get into the playoffs and push them along. Yes. Yep. Number eight, De'Aaron Fox. Yes. Um, great pick. A great pick and roll. This is a great pick. Um, 38 from downtown. Nine, Kyle. Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Yes, thank Kyle you. Lowry. My bad. With missing games due to due, due to soreness of back. Yeah. Um, you know, with his injury, obviously, it's dropped lower. Tom said Chris Paul um, kind of just sums up my top ten. I agree with all your reasons. He's also a, a vet. He's, I believe, 33? 33. 33, Around 34, that yep. Uh, he's been in the league long enough that he has that veteran's appearance. The respect to put him in the top 10. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Me and James had the exact same top 10, but in different orders. We had the same 10 guys. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Kyle Russo. Yes. All right. Obviously, my number one point guard in the league is Lonzo Ball. No. Steph Curry. <laughs> Steph Curry. Kyle Russo, one. you can walk home tonight. I have a vehicle to get myself home. <laughs> Steph, <laughs> that's tough. Steph Curry 
is my number one pick for point guard. Obviously, with these keys. With wow, it'd be kind of <laughs> weird how you got those. But uh, Steph Curry is my number one pick at point guard. Obviously, one of the greatest shooters that we'll ever see. Kyrie Irving, absolutely incredible. Number two, Damian Lillard. If he was on a big market team, he'd be the second best point guard in the league. But he's the third best on my list. Russell Westbrook, number four, walking triple double. Kemba Walker, number five. Ben Simmons, another walking double-double, triple-double at number six. D'Angelo Russell, number seven. CP3, Chris Paul, number eight. De'Aaron Fox, number nine. And Jamal Murray is my number ten. Okay. Jamal Murray. It's the first Jamal Murray we've heard. He was my number 11. (laughs) Kyle Earhart, you will wrap us up here. All right. Obviously, number one, Steph Curry. Uh... Don't need to say anything more. Number two, I got Kemba Walker from the great season that he's having, carrying wow. the the Hornets. I like you. Like, then obviously number three, you got always the clutch man, Kyrie Irving. Always comes up clutch, except for last night, but, you know, can't come up clutch every night. Uh, Damian Lillard, number four. He, like Kyle Russo said, if he was on a big market team, he would definitely be number two on my list for sure. Number five, Russell Westbrook. Need to say more. Triple-double. You guys all said it. Number six, I have Chris Paul. The only reason why I have Chris Paul at number six is because he is the glue that the uh, he holds the Rockets together. He is like that X factor in a playoff series that could come alive. So that's why I have him as number six. Ben Simmons, number seven. Uh, if he could develop a, a three-point shot or just a, sh- a, a shot, shot at all, <laughs> like he'd, 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 be, he'd be a really good player, but clearly can't do that. Right. Number eight, I got Kyle Lowry because he, in my opinion, is the other X factor in Toronto. Where don't know what you're going to get from him every night, but in that playoff series, he could always turn up, man. So, number nine, um, no one said this name. I know he's been injured the whole year, but I got John Wall. I love John Wall. I've been following him all Kentucky, and I think he's a great player when he's on the floor. He makes the Wizards, so him and Bradley Beal, uh, but he's injured, so I guess what everyone forgot about him. At number 10, I have De'Aaron Fox having a great season. Young kid, uh, 16 assists in the All-Star game. Just the guy is a pure point guard. He defends. He, he's what you wanted a point guard, what the Knicks should have drafted, but that's besides the point. Got to slide that in. Good list. I mean, I didn't have John Wall because he was injured. That's yeah. the only reason. No, yeah, I know. I, know. I just but can't put a guy who's always injured. I have something to say on this segment. Yes. So we're saying last week that Luka Doncic is an all-star, but he's not on your top 10 point guards list. So you're going to say essentially 11 point guards play in the all-star game. Mm-hmm. Was Luka Doncic your number 11? He would have been. I didn't get past that point. But <laughs> the number 11 point guard is going to play in the all-star game? At that point in time, look at my list. These are guys that are all going to make the playoffs. These the are guys that are all going to make the playoffs. Luka Doncic is a phenomenal player, 20 points per game, and he should have been an all-star because that's a recognition for individual. Luka Doncic deserved to be in the Rising Stars Challenge game. Oh, did Mike Connolly deserve to be? No, that's like a slap in the face. Well, we're talking about the the game. I got The it. game, not the skills not challenge. Not the skills challenge. My bad. That was my mistake. No, but no. at the end of the day, Luka is a phenomenal player. He's been in this league for a long time. Sure is. His numbers are absolutely incredible, stuff we've never seen before. And he might have been forgotten on my list. He might have. I might have slid him oh, in that number. Oh, here we go. I might have slid him in that here number. Here we go. Sure. Luka Doncic as a rookie, top 10 point guards over, huh? Look at my top. Look at my 8 to 10. It's CP3, D. 
De'Aaron Fox, Jamal Murray, I probably would have slid him in there. But, no, you're completely right. And Luka Doncic is phenomenal and should have been recognized at least by me, if not half of us here. I know there's only four, but another one of us because Luka Doncic is a phenomenal player. Remember, Doncic was drafted by the Hawks, traded away for Trey Young. Um, and he's actually sitting out tonight with a sore right ankle. Um, yeah, averaging just under 21 points a game as a rookie, 43% from the field. Uh, he is telling, after the Zion injury, he's telling young players to play in Europe. That's actually genius, but yeah. I I would keep my mouth closed. Because nobody knows about them until they come to the NBA instead of getting hyped up, oh, this one year of college, that one year of Europe, nobody talks about you, come into the NBA, and you're a stud because nobody knows your game. No, not because of I mean, that. I that's, that's part of it. But because you get paid in the early league. That's why. That's why he's saying go play in Europe because it's all about the money at the end of the day. I mean, look at look at the catastrophic magnitude that it had to get to for the NBA uh, NBA to propose this 18 and under rule allowed to be drafted straight out of high school. Ew. Yeah, that's that's not. Ew. Yeah. Um we will talk about that more next week. We actually may have that as a segment next week. We'll see where things take us. When we come back, we're going to review the week that was in NCAA college basketball. You're listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. You're listening to Review and Preview on The Wave. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. It is 9.26 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the LIU Post Campus in Brookville, New York. You're listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside James Montefusco, Kyle Russo, Kyle Earhart. Bottles up. (laughs) So... Let's review the week that was in college basketball. The biggest news was the one that almost everyone in the studio predicted that was here last week, that number 5 UK will defeat number 1 Tennessee. They did, 86-69. Dawes was the only person that had the Vols in this game. And, you know, we didn't bring this up last week, but Kentucky has not lost back-to-back home games at Rupp Arena in quite some time. And... That was kind of my reasoning as to why I picked Kentucky. And other than that, I just thought they were going to win. Yeah. I thought they were going to win. I just thought they were a better team. I don't think necessarily their ranking defined what they bring to the table as a team over the Volunteers, the Tennessee Volunteers. I I just think that they're an overall better team. Are are they more well-rounded? No, but I think when it comes to offensive star caliber type of players, I think Kentucky beats them by a landslide. I happen to agree with that standpoint uh virginia survives notre dame they only win by six um duke of course beating up nc state on saturday and the game that kyle Earhart was at let's talk about that the st john's red storm storm back to beat the villanova wildcats what a basketball game at the garden you went to this game you were there live in the crowd Figueroa, Pons, everybody, tell us about, before you tell us about, tell us about the atmosphere. What what was it like being there? 
Um, in the first half, it was all Villanova. So I was in the section where it was mainly Villanova fans. And they were going absolutely nuts. They were 9 for 20 from 3 in the first half. And then you just thought, going into halftime, you're like, all right, well, the St. John's down by 18. There's no reason they could come back with like 10 seconds left. Then they inbound the ball. Simon hits a three-quarter court shot. And that's probably the loudest I've heard the Garden ever because I've never been to a Ranger game without a Ranger fan, never been to a Ranger game. So the loudest, I've been to the Garden like 10, 11 times, and that was the loudest I've ever heard the Garden go nuts. And they were only down by like 15 at halftime, but that three-quarter short court shot, for me, was the turning point of the game, even though they're down by 15 going to the halftime. My problem with Villanova was that your leading scorer was uh, Joe Cremo off the bench at 14 yep. points. I mean, they did not get any contribution. Booth Samuels wasn't good. was bad. Pascal was 2 for 11 from the field. Booth wasn't good Jalipsy either. Jalipsy couldn't nail a three. Yeah. And guys were fouling out. Uh, Pascal fouled out. Cosby Roundtree had four fouls. So, you know, this was... This was a team that was thin. They, but you know, they I got to say, this St. John's starting five, when when one of them aren't on, the like Pons wasn't on, they all step up. Figueroa, yeah. I think he hit six threes in the second half. Six threes, which is insane. He, did, he carried the team in the second half. Him and Simon played an outstanding game. Defensively, they were swarming. And I'm concerned for Villanova a little bit too. Um, shooting f- uh, over 40 threes in one game. It's just had in the second half. They 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 yeah. didn't make a three. They just chucked bad shots, and they lost midweek again too. Like I'm concerned for this Villanova team and Jay Wright. Yeah, I mean you you're you're saying that they're overrated. No, I I really think so. I mean they got blown out. They lost. The, they were up by 15 going to the halftime. They lost. They got blown out by Georgetown. Do you view this as a monumental win for St. John's, outscoring Villanova 45-28 to 28 in the second half, or do, is Villanova showing their true colors that they miss guys like Jalen Brunson, Dante DiVincenzo? Oh, they 100% miss those guys, without a doubt. Um, this win St. John's, I, I don't know. Like it, At first it was a big win, but then Villanova loses to Georgetown. So how on 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 the BPI how does St. John's get in? Is this going to be marquee as a big win? Like uh, probably I, not. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I don't know if this win really means that much anymore. Well, I'm telling you, things are going to start cranking because the Big East tournament starts Wednesday, March 13th. Ooh, so, boy, I mean, oh boy, oh boy, you go. gotta you gotta really start kicking things into gear. You know, Xavier beat Seton Hall this week. Marquette plays Providence tomorrow. Uh, you know, this is a big conference this year. St. John's plays a, uh, away at Xavier, which is a huge game. I think a must-win game for the Johnnies. Yeah. Uh, Excuse me. But, you know, you had other news. You had Virginia beating Virginia Tech, the interstate rival on Monday. Unranked Baylor beats Iowa State on Tuesday. And the biggest news of the weekend, though, let's go a little smaller. Up in Hamden, well, not up in Hamden, Connecticut, but a school from Hamden, Connecticut, the Quinnipiac Bobcats defeated the Siena Saints 107-100 to in triple overtime. Now, I know people that go to both of those schools. They're small schools. Yeah. Yeah. Siena, a small Jesuit school, and then you got Quinnipiac about 80 miles north from here. Guys, Quinnipiac guard Cameron Young 
She goes scores the most points in Division One this season with 55 points. Incredible. In a game. I mean, that's why we're, te- we're telling you about this game. This was the best game of the weekend in my eyes. It also went in the triple overtime. Triple overtime. Uh, this was such a good game, guys. And, you know, you're looking at these teams. Yeah, I know, I think Quinnipiac is under 500. But, uh, look, this is, you know, these small schools, when one of these teams get in and they get hot, that's when they tend to start going on a run. You know, you, you can never, ever count these small schools out. This guy had nine threes. He can nine threes, went 16 to 20 from the line. 19 of his 55 points were scored in overtime. Not only were his 55 points a max uh, MAAC uh, single game record, Mac. it was the third highest amount of points scored in one outing in the last 20 years. Kyle Russo. 20 years ago, you were not alive. I wasn't even an idea. Um, but yes, <laughs> on yes. that note, <laughs> yes, um, I was not one. <laughs> uh, some bad news in college basketball this week. <laughs> this is review preview, folks, on LIE Wave. Unedited. Um, that's like the catchphrase of Tom Scavetta. <laughs> you were not even born yet. I know. The Blue Devils jumped back to number one over ten, uh, after Tennessee's loss to Kentucky, but then Duke loses the other night, 88-72. The main story behind this game is NBA draft prospect and potential player of the year candidate. Zion Williamson goes down with an injury, ripped through his Nike shoe, and does not return to this game, only to be replaced by a couple of mediocre frontcourt players leading Duke to this loss, and which will probably unseat them as the number one team come Monday. Kyle Earhart, I know you were following this game closely. Um, Coach Krzyzewski and Duke, I mean, what happened after Zion went down? It went downhill. I just think the... This Duke team, when like a key injury guy goes down, we saw it in the beginning of the year with Florida State when Trey Jones and uh, Zion went down. They they didn't look the same. Yeah, they still won the game, but when a key injury goes down, I think these young players like lose confidence in themselves because Barrett didn't look the same, Reddish didn't look the same. Something's wrong with James White, uh, Jack White, Jack White. Sorry, Jack White. He 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 clearly like ever since that Syracuse game when he went zero for ten. I I don't think I've seen Jack White. Make a basket at this point. He's he looks a little, uh, not like unco- unconfident. I guess you could say he's uh, as cold as ice. Yeah, he is. He uh, looks like ice. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think the Zion injury could be. I, I thought at first way it looked, it looked really serious, but I guess it wasn't that serious of an injury. Just a grade one, uh, right knee sprain. This is not Nike's fault. Yes, Nike has lost over one billion dollars in the last day or so, and apparently, according Three to billion. according to it, well, this report from Independent said one point one billion, but according to Instagram, it was three billion, and this injury is uh, diagnosed as a grade one knee sprain. He is listed day to day. This is not Nike's fault. This is clearly Duke and Z- it's, it's a combination. You know that this shoe is meant to maintain a person's body weight that is up to 225 pounds. Zion clearly, well over 225 pounds, knows that there is a risk. Duke 
swung on and missed. They got unlucky. And this is what happens when you don't go under certain regulations. You suffer and you strike out. Uh, guys, now everyone's saying, oh, Zion needs to sit out for the rest of the season. Donovan Mitchell and Isaiah Thomas telling him to sit. This guy's listed day to day. This guy can't sit. This Duke team has potential to win it all. You don't sit a player like this. That's disrespectful. Ethically, it's wrong. Who cares what type of money is involved? You represent Duke University. If he sits out, he will forever be remembered as the clown of Duke University, which I don't don't want to see happen. Oh, God. Tom. I don't want to see happen. Tom. It's... At the end of the day, you say it's about class and love of basketball, and yeah, that's perfectly fine. At the it's end also of the day, business. We know. We all know. Yeah. We it's know. Business. It's we money. Know. You know what the number one overall pick is projected to get this year for a contract? Forty-five million dollars. Number two is thirty-nine. Number three is thirty-seven. That's more than three hundred seventy-five people's college tuition. If if Zion Williamson, because of this injury, falls out of the top three, which is very possible. Very, po- I don't think it's going to happen. It's very possible. This man is losing millions of dollars because of a faulty shoe that was given to him by Nike. I don't care about the weight limit. It doesn't mean 30 seconds into a game, the man's foot is going to bust through the shoe. That's not what that means. He's a freakish athlete. Do you see how he moves on the court? Does that mean your foot's going to break through the shoe? Even Paul George, who it was his own shoe, called out Nike and said, what happened? Even a guy who signed with Nike, represents Nike, was his own shoe, says Nike would happen. That's, it's their it's fault. Zion's fault. This it's, kid's 18 years old. What, he, what does he that mean? He can make decisions for himself. Paul George, I don't think it was a size issue with Paul George. It just happened. That you can make the case that was Nike's fault. This is a different situation. What are you talking No, I'm saying Paul George's Kyle shoe. Kyle Earhart, you, you have to agree here. I mean, this is partially on Duke and Zion. Uh... I think it's it's more on the shoe. Like the, the last night, I 100% agree with you, Tom. And then I read like a bunch of articles last night from uh, Fox Sports to to CBS Sports. And the more and more I think about it, it's 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 more on the shoe and how how poorly made the shoe was and how he just ripped through it like like it was a piece of paper. If this happened like 30 minutes into the game. I'd say, yeah, probably the wear and tear throughout the game, his movements, for 30 seconds. And it is reported that it was a brand-new pair of shoes, too. That's things a faulty happen, sneaker. That's a, but that's what I'm saying. If things happen, then who do you blame it on? Do you blame it on this the freaky athlete? 285 pounds. Yeah, but, but what does that mean? Shouldn't they be getting fitted for shoes? That's what weight? I'm saying. So th- then but it's not he, on Nike. Yeah, then no, it, it is, because if you know he's going to choose that shoe, he then was you have fitted. to customize He the was shoe. fitted already. If he was fitted for that shoe, then... The fit test happened over the summer. Yeah, but if Nike knows that to ensure themselves, you want to say that the weight limit is 220, which I think is ridiculous for a shoe which should be 220. Means if I'm 230, I'm going to push the limit, my foot's going to bust through the shoe? No. That means that's listen, for the size. He had an option to take a bigger size. The, the reason why he didn't take a bigger size was because the shoes were uncomfortable. That was his reasoning. He had the opportunity to take a bigger shoe so that this was unlikely to happen. Well, if you're Nike, and that means to you what? That his foot is going to be swaying around in that yeah, shoe. You can't that make means you have to customize it. As the number one player 
an old college, one of the greatest college athletes I think I've ever seen. You, I'm you got to make sure this cannot happen. Hold on. Every player on that Duke basketball team, from Zion Williamson down to Alex O'Connell, deserves a shoe that's going to fit their foot size, not just Zion. It should be customized to his, especially, we right, talked about his freakishness. It, is it if, okay? you're, if Nike is your endorsement, and he's one of the greatest players in college basketball we've ever seen, he's guaranteed number one overall pick, granted, barring injury, which just happened. You have to make sure, especially no, as one of the most wrong. infamous college basketball Incorrect. organizations of all time in Duke, you have to make that they are insured. Incorrect. And you have to make sure that you do everything and check everything twice. Because at the end of the day, this makes Nike look horrible. Do you want him to hold his hand? Do you no. Want, do you want you Nike have to, to make... hold his hand? That's basically what you're saying. I'm not saying that. I'm saying at so the that. end of the day, this can't have His foot should... This is what this means. Zion Williamson should be blamed because... He didn't realize that his foot would bust through a shoe, and then he could potentially We're saying tear his partial MCL. blame. We're saying partial blame. This but guy's if they gave him old. a warning sign, a you know, a warning they label, they said something to or him. Or if the if Tom's saying they said something to him, that means that the uh, the coaching staff, the the equipment manager, should have been like, "Listen, Zion, I know you like these shoes and all, but we've heard from Nike. We're not too sure how long these shoes are going to be able to put up with." Your size, the way you play. Are you willing to do a different shoe? We're, we're willing to work with you. Please let us know. You, you, you have to have I get that. No, I street. get that. But it, okay. Moving on from the shoe issue. NCAA basketball is a very valuable sport. Apparently the lowest ticket for this game was like 2600 bucks. Beautiful. That's $2,663 higher than the NBA All-Star game, Khabib versus McGregor, and the game one of this year's World Series. And with this win, UNC leads the head-to-head series all-time, 53-51. to 51. Other games, you have Georgetown handing Villanova their second straight loss, 85-73, and then Syracuse winning their game over Louisville, 69 to 49. But unfortunately, head coach Tim Beheim ran over a 51 year old man accidentally on the side of a highway and killed the man. Uh, Tim Beheim will be coaching the game tomorrow against Duke, but. Um, I don't even know. Do we even know what happens? If I'm Jim Beheim, I, I, I don't know how. I, 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 like, I. Live with the fact that he's coaching this game tomorrow is a miracle. I mean, he he was absent today. It's not a miracle. It's almost like insulting in a way. You, you just killed the guy. You could take the you could take the game off. I mean, I mean, I don't know if it shows dedication. I don't know if it shows dedication, but or is it like an insult to the family? Like nothing happened. You know what I mean? It's it, it's a big game. Also, maybe if it was like not Duke, or if it was like a lower school, on, like like, a, like just... a Notre Dame or like a Georgia Tech. Yeah, but then you're saying it's insulting to the players that he doesn't show up because they gain strength from him, and he no. I'm saying it's insulting players. to the family in a way of the guy because you just killed him. And you're going to act like almost nothing happened because you're going to coach in this game on a regular Saturday like you would any other. You know what I'm saying? Of course they're mourning the tragic loss. They're probably going to do something before the game. But well, no, I'm saying at, whatever. He, he has a contract to coach every game. I understand that. I, obviously things happen. Uh, life happens, but. I don't even know what you do 
after this, does he? To be fair, though, step down. This does idiot he... should have, shouldn't have been in the middle of the highway at whatever time at night it was. And also, side like, of the highway, it was yeah. it was snowy conditions. Also, yeah, you. you yeah. But but maybe he was trying to flag down a stranger to help him with his car. Like this is the, these yeah, we are don't things know the we don't know. Yeah. You know, well, they get. I don't even know where you go from this. Because... Don't drive unless you absolutely have to. Yeah. I I don't think Jim Bayham should step down. He didn't obviously. He wasn't drunk while driving. He wasn't no, but don't impaired you, while these driving. Happen all the time. Well, can it he, was an you accident. You could get charged for accidental manslaughter, though, right? These things happen if, all the time, though. If you left the scene, yeah, but yeah. like he he stayed with the scene and he did he cooperated with the cops. There was no. It's not like he did it on purpose. Like well, no, obviously, I, I, yeah. So he's probably doing something comp for the family or something, bringing him to the games. I don't know. I think Syracuse University should give him help Money. or something. Yeah. What are you saying? It's kind of it's it, it, yeah. It's an they awful, should. awful situation. Yep, that right, but you can't blame Jim Beheim for saying I want to coach m- my team no. tomorrow. He I, has I, permission I to do so from the yeah. university. I agree with you 100 percent. And uh, the athletics. Um, on that note, we're going to step aside for our final break of the night. When we come back, we're going to preview college basketball and the big games this weekend. You're listening to Review and Preview here on LIUWave.org. Review and preview. And welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Kyle Earhart, Kyle Russo, James Montefusco. We have 12 minutes remaining on Review and Preview for tonight, our first ever 8 to 10 p.m. show. Good job, guys. We are uh, hitting a milestone tonight. So what big games are coming up this week in college basketball? Well, of course, tomorrow, number one Duke will be at the Syracuse Orange University of Virginia will travel to the KFC Yum Center to play number 18 Louisville. Potential 18 upset over the over the three. Uh, you know, three against 18. You know, a cheers to the governor type of game. Uh, number 12, Kansas, will take on the top defensive team in college basketball. And number 14, Texas Tech. Clear upset here. I see Texas Tech coming away with the win in this game. Kansas without Vic. I mean, Bill Self can only do so much, man. I mean... This Kansas team is going to lose tomorrow, in my opinion. Any thoughts on that? Mark it down, Tom. Write it in. Write it in right now. Shout out Scott Travis and Stefan Bellucci and Connor Sheehan. All going to Texas Tech. But, you know, Tom. Like, Former this, LIU student. we got a big game in Michigan versus Michigan State tomorrow. I think uh, we should, should, should we – we haven't picked a game all night. You know, we usually pick a game. Should we uh, do a Michigan versus Michigan State? Tom Izzo versus Jim Beeline? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Um, to a rivalry, the interstate rivalry. Interstate rivalry. I like it. Kind of like what we did with Tennessee and Kentucky yeah. last week. Well, we got to pick something. <laughs> we right? sure do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Spartans. Oh, wow. Wow. That was, yeah. Didn't put much thought into it. Just, just right on set. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Spartans. Tom Izzo around this time of the year. That's where he gets good. Jim Beeline gets good around this time of the year, too. He sure does. But uh, I think the Spartans come away with the victory tomorrow. I think they're more suited for this game. Uh, I mean, pretty sure Michigan is ranked higher right now. Yes. Yes. But um, we'll see what happens. Kyle Russo, you are next. Oh, Michigan Wolverines all the way. They're going to win this game. Kyle Earhart. I'm going to agree with Kyle Russo, and I'm going to go with Michigan Wolverines. Just too deep for me. James too, too Montefusco. I'm going with you, Tom. 
Uh, it, what you said was perfect. Even it up. Yeah. Excellent work, James. Uh, now we have Kansas State traveling to Kansas on Monday night. Will Kansas State beat Kansas again? I think so. Kansas State, Kansas is going to go 0-2 over Kansas, these next 72 hours. Kansas will win this game. Yeah, they lost to Kansas State last time. Yeah. They're going to win this game, though, this time. Ooh, at hot home, takes. They will win this game. Hot takes. At home, they hot. will win this game. I'm on fire right now. It's really hot in the studio. But Kansas will win this <laughs> Smoke game. Smoke show here. That is hot, dear. Kansas wink, will win wink. this game. <laughs> Kansas will win this game at home. Smoke show. Um, yeah. Look, look. I mean, you got to take into effect that Kansas State is a veteran-led team. They're 10-3 and in the Big 12. They have an identical record to Kansas, and they're ahead of them in the conference standings. And, um, yeah, so I like Kansas State in that game as well. Um, those are some other notable games. Tuesday, Duke will be at VT, Iowa against Ohio State, Syracuse at North Carolina. I like that. And then on Wednesday. The big games on Wednesday, Tom. Wednesday, Tennessee at Ole Miss. Marquette at Villanova. That's a good game. Yep. Big game there. In in Philly. In yeah. Villanova. Villanova at the Finneran Pavilion. Villanova down to number 17. Marquette, a team with Marcus Howard and the Hauser Twins. Um, now, Tom, and, since uh, Nova lost twice last week, you think they fall out top 25? Too bad. Low. I know they lost on the road. 25. You think they're 25? They stay in? Yeah. What do you think, Russo? Yeah, they stay in. They'll stay know. in. I think they just fall out. Two bad losses. St. John's is not a bad loss. They're not a bad loss. I mean, every, anytime you have a double-digit lead going to a halftime, I mean, know? listen, St. John's competed with Duke until, you know, the second half, but uh, they're not a bad team. Uh, okay. You got pawns. All right, right now, looking at everything, who is your dark horse or your sleeper going into the NCAA tournament? If you had to pick a team right now, just going into the tournament, who's your sleeper? Not a number one seed. Yeah, number two seed. That's tough. Like I, like, 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 a, like a three, four, five type seed. Like I said earlier, LSU. You think LSU? As I of, like as Texas of right Tech. now. Yes, I like Texas Tech. I like them a lot. This may change in the next couple of weeks. Keep in mind. I'm I'm gonna go with a team no one's talking about right now, and Buffalo. No, I'm gonna uh, go with the Houston Cougars. Yeah, that's a good. They one. are twenty-five and one. I honestly. I think they could go for a two seed here if they play their cards right. Twenty five and one, really good team, man. I don't know if you guys watch this team play. This team, this team is a team to be reckoned with. I think no one's talking about this team, which is a mistake. Who's their only loss of the season? I think they lost to. Uh, I don't want to mess it up, so I don't want to. Hold on, let me look it up, and I'm gonna let you know. But I'm Houston pretty Cougars, sure. Uh, was it Cincinnati? Was it Cincy? I know it wasn't UConn. They blew out UConn. James, can you can Temple. Uh, take your time with that. Oh, Temple. Temple. Yeah. VCU's been hot, too, on a seven-game winning streak. Florida State's won eight in a row. Hey. Uh, yeah, so, and what's, what's crazy here is um, Kansas State on top of the Big 12. I mean, you got Kansas and Texas Tech, Iowa State. Man, let me tell you something. That's going to be fun to watch. And then St. John's tied for third in the Big East right now. 
Uh, they may make some noise in that Big East tournament, man, but Marquette should be the odds-on favorite to win that. Uh, and then you look at some other schools. Try to th- how many teams are going to get in from the Big East? Because if you think about it, what, like maybe three? Two or three, maybe. Honestly. Maybe three? Three. Three. I, I Marquette, Nova, and St. John's. That's it, because nobody else. But, may, maybe Seton Hall. But but even St. John's isn't even a lock right now. So imagine the Big East tournament or the, the Big East gets two teams. In the well, NCAA I tournament. think St. John's would have to make the semifinal of the Big East tournament to, to, to definitely to get to in. Be, to definitely get into the tournament. Um, if they make the final, I think they're a lock. Oh yeah, for sure, um, for sure. But yeah, with uh, with five minutes to go in the show, any final thoughts here on college basketball? Go Blue Devils. Go Duke. So, while we have an extra five minutes remaining, we will get to our miscellaneous segment. This is a pending segment every week. If we have time to it, we get to it. If we don't, we cut it. All right, so, the Mets. Oh, boy. Well, Jacob DeGrom will start tomorrow. And Jed Lowry taken MRI. Oh, didn't, was the Grom taken for an MRI, too? No, 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 no that was no, fake no, news. No, that was fake news. On Twitter feed, that was a fake Kyle Russell just tried to scare all three of us in the studio. Thank you for jumping on my horses there. Oh, man, thank you. (laughs) That Um, one. But Jed Lowry, uh, yeah. So Jed Lowry, a guy that the Mets signed, he's supposed to start at third base opening day. Hey, hey, Todd Frazier's still here. The MRI results did come in as negative on his knee, so they're saying Jed Lowry should be ready for opening day, but at 34 years old, I mean, he's been around. He played for the Astros, the Red Sox, the A's. I mean, this guy's a good player. No, he, he is. He had a great season. He's last a good player here with the A's. Don't get me wrong. He, he did. He had uh, 99 RBIs yeah. last season. 99. I uh, mean, do you expect him to get 99 RBIs again? No. No, but, but he had a solid amount of home but, runs last but, season. But but do I expect him to get 80 and I, 80 RBIs? 75, 80 yeah, RBIs. I mean, for 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 a third Mets third baseman, I think that's in I, a division I'll, I'll take where that. the pitching is pretty good. I was very impressed with his season last season. Yeah. Look, and he's not a home run hitter. Last year was his career high in home runs at 23. So I would expect somewhere between, realistically, 15 and 20. I don't even know if you go there. I say it might range between 10 and 15. City Field's a tough place to hit home runs, I'll, man. Yeah. But I'll take, if he hits I mean, 80 RBIs, 10, 15 home runs, and bets 280, 275, I mean, I'll take that. That's kind of like Murphy at the beginning of his yeah, career. Yeah. That's what everybody expected. As long as they're 10 consistent. home runs, 80 RBIs, 300 average. Mm-hmm. He's a good number five hitter, six hitter. Um, I think that's where you put him. And Murph are actually the same age. So we'll see if Lowry can, well, uh, he didn't. His average dipped the second half of the season because, uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, so they bring him and Familia over from the A's, who they had to start the year. Uh, so that should be interesting. Um, the Yankees, no big news, really. They, uh, they don't need the big news. They don't need the big news. Uh, Cashman has kept his cash quiet over the last couple of days, a couple of weeks. I mean, a couple of months, I should say. A couple um, of years. You know, um, I think Brody Van Wagnon has made more noise this off season. I think Brody's got to keep his mouth shut a little yeah, bit, Yeah, Brody, yeah. I mean, this is a tough division to play. Um, I get it. You know, you're the new GM, and you want to, like, wow everyone in the city. You want to get them hyped up at, about the Mets. But I think talking too much is could be, like, could bite you a little bit, you know? It makes you look foolish if your team James, gets a bad spot. James, you do have your Mets jersey on. Yes, is that do. generic, or is there a player on oh, there? Oh, it's no? David Wright. Oh, okay. Behind me. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be weird now. David Wright in the front office. Uh no more David. Uh, you know, shame that he's retired, but he's on to bigger and better things. 
and the Mets are still the Mets. Um, is that a good thing? Well, this is the time of the year everyone is happy, and then, you know, in August, September, will we still be playing meaningful baseball? I think Everybody so. likes to say, yeah, they will, but with this division, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. Not the way Philly and uh, the Braves. I am not I, too I mean, sure. I mean, if you look at it, we have a better bullpen, and we have better starting pitching. In the, in the Every division. year on paper, the Mets have a good team, and then something happens. If Keep. Bryce Harper goes to Philadelphia, it's over. There's no reason to even. I disagree with that completely. I don't think so. For the Mets, the key's health. Phillies have one good starter, maybe two. Otherwise, their starting rotation is nothing. If you compare it to the Nationals, you compare it to the Mets, you compare it to the Braves. But still, what we're going based on is we're, as you guys are Mets fans, you guys are hoping that Edwin Diaz has a godlike season again. I'm just saying, Harper and Rail Muto on the same team, man. Dangerous. With Andrew McCutcheon. Reese Hoskins. Abdugal Herrera. Terrible defense, good baseball player, though. Yeah. This might be a crazy season. Aaron Nola. And beating Cy Young. Last season. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, any final thoughts here on anything? No. Uh, hopefully Collins gets tagged. I mean, I'm wearing his jersey tonight, so, you know, in honor of him, hopefully he stays a giant, big blue. Um, we look forward to talking more next week. Um, we will have more stuff for you. We will have our top ten shooting guards. Russo, congrats on the one year. Yes. Thank congrats. you, Congratulations, guys. Kyle Russo. Excellent work, as Crazy. always. On behalf of... James Montefusco, Kyle Earhart, Kyle Russo, I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, wishing you a good evening. You've been listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU.